Well, unfortunately, the San Jose Sharks fall victim to the New York Rangers once again, but this time at a score of 3-0. But we do have happier things to talk about, such as the all-star himself, Timo Meyer. We will be talking about all that and more on this edition of After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show, please go ahead and check us out on all of the social media that would be on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, YouTube chat, of course, SoundCloud. You got the Reddit and then all of the shenanigans that go on in the Discord. Check out all of that and some great articles, too, up on TealTownUSA.com. I'm joined by a, a, a two... Uh, two-man crew on top of the host so we got a three-way going <laughs> al martinet and uh ian blogs hockey uh al first off uh it's good to have you bud i know that uh this one is going to be uh one of your one of your last shows for a little while while you whilst you get everything sorted out in your new digs yeah i guess i should just get into it i am moving to atlanta next week so uh this will be me for a little bit not a goodbye, just a little hiatus. Um, but yeah. Um, you, oh, well, you are you going to bring back the Thrashers? Is that why you're going? I the <laughs> main, that is the main goal right now. Okay. Is the the undercover project is to essentially bring back the Thrashers and have them be competitive for once. Ooh, <laughs> tall order, <laughs> tall order. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Ian, how are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I, I think uh, if you're looking for a late night three-way, this is probably not what no. you had in mind. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll entertain nonetheless. Uh, Al, I think, uh, it's, I, think um, I don't know if, if I can speak for, for the majority of Sharks fans, but it's, it's not fun to not score. <laughs> like what is going on <laughs> i'm getting flashbacks to uh that road detroit game when we scored or detroit just scored two goals against us in our own power play oh i i know and and i guess we'll we'll get it off i guess going off the start because let, i guess let's talk about first the Sharks start because i thought the Sharks started pretty well um i thought maybe the first shift or two you could start to see a little bit of um the new york dominance but i think once they got um their feet under them and i think once they started getting adapted to the play uh, the pace of play um the sharks did pretty well and um i felt that they pushed a lot towards uh, the rangers but we're getting uh, igor shashurkin um in that first half of that first period what what did you see in um with regards to the period and just the way shashurkin came out and kind of did what he did last time. Yeah, I mean, Igor Shosturkin is probably one of the best goalies in the league. Um, I think I probably easily, I would probably say top three, but easily top five. Like, I, th I think you would have a hard time naming five better goalies than Shosturkin. Um, it's funny because overall, I thought the period, I thought the Sharks played the best was the second, and that was the one they got outshot. Yep. Um, so... That you know, uh, curious that, but um, I, I overall I'm not really upset at the effort tonight. Like I think the effort was there. I think Shishterkin stood on his head. Uh, and look at the defense 
the Rangers defense helps them out a lot. They blocked a lot of shots. Um, so it's hard when you have to get through the defense before you even get to a really good goalie like Shisterk. And it, you know, it's, it makes it for a tough night for a team that where offense has been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that the Sharks have kind of gone, gotten back into that defensive minded and defensive style. So we're, we're not going to see them, you know, scoring, you know, at, at the pace that they were, you know, in the prior three or four games. Um, but Chris Kreider, um, we'll, we'll, we won't bear the lead any longer. Chris Kreider, 22nd goal on the year. Uh, Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox with the assists. And this one hurts because this is a shorty. And, um, you know, the Sharks had really pushed play and had really earned a good penalty in the offensive zone. And unfortunately, uh, a puck gets by um, Carlson on the uh, uh, on the power play. And you've got, um, I think it's Dolan uh, tracking back. Was it Burns or was it Carlson? I thought it was Carlson. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I don't remember know. it being a. It's a save you. It's a save you need. That yeah. Has to make yeah. a save there. Yeah. And, and, and this is the second straight game where he lets in an easy one um, that was pretty unexcusable. Yeah, and and I think well, there's there's multiple parts to this. So breaking it down, I think for me. It's keeping the puck on the blue line, especially on the power play, especially when you know if you're the defensive, um, you know, the defensive uh, player in that in that spot, you got to realize that you've got a winger as your D partner, essentially on the back end, and he's not going to be defensively responsible as and in, in not being in the position that a normal defenseman would be in. So, you know, it kind of starts from there, right? Once they puck the puck, once they poke the puck past him and it becomes a two-on-one um you're you're left kind of at the mercy of you know either the pass or the shot hill gets into position um makes the initial save but it goes through the wickets as uh <laughs> as um doc emmerich would say right so yeah uh, it's it's unfortunate and i think that again the power play has had a lot of issues this year a lot of issues keeping the puck out of their own net um, that's the sixth shorthanded goal given up this season. And I don't know what, what you know, mountaintop we got to yell down at from um, Ian, but the, the power play woes continue. And, I, and I'm just not understanding, is it a personnel thing? Is it a deployment thing? Or is it an all of the above thing? I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's I, – I think some, some of it's system, some of it is – deployment but also i mean we just got a lot of guys that can't that aren't putting the puck in the net and it's you know it's getting frustrating now because i i mean there's probably guys who probably on the barracuda that maybe should get a shot i'm not the right guy to ask that because i haven't really paid attention to the barracuda this year but like shouldn't the noah gregor experiment be over now yeah i thought he's been good but he's just been inconsistent and but maybe maybe he's it's not like bolsters right like he he's yeah. in the right place he's doing all the right things but if the puck doesn't go in the net we got to find guys that can put the puck in the net if they're gonna stick in the top six yeah yeah and yeah. and you know for me as, as well tonight i think highlighting another issue i mean i thought that um 
Nick Benino, Nick Benino had a couple of open net looks. He especially he got that um, that one open net look and and just was not expecting Ryan Merkley to to put it near his stick on the latter part of that power play and he just was not able to um, to bury that. And again, it's it's like this it's like this malaise goes over the team as soon as they get an extra guy and it's like I don't know if it's a they they stop putting out the effort or if it's a mental thing where they kind of just turn off and go pure into offensive mode but whatever it is it, it, it's got to be addressed and and again um yeah like for me it, for it, me like the biggest right. issue is they don't really have a second you know option like when you look at the teams like the capitals even like the pittsburgh penguins they do have like a triangle power play where they use the back of the net to create more space um and they have three options available at all times um but with the sharks power play it's just you know the shot from the point the shot from eric carlson and you know i was really excited like the start of the season when they were actually carrying most of it through the forwards but mm -hmm. now it's kind of resorted back to their old bad habits of giving it to brent burns who you know give him a lot of credit he's a norris winner but like um, he's definitely not the same player that he was, let alone two years ago. Brett makes a really good um, point in the chat here, like because I think that's the apt comparison. He made it. He made like the perfect comparison. Noah Gregor reminds me a lot of Jonas Donskoy. Yeah, or who, Tori Mitchell. But we and we just haven't seen the 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 goal scoring right, like because when when Donskoy is cold, dear God. Like the, you can put him with whoever you want and he's just ice cold. But if he can get going, the difference is obviously, as we've seen Don Squay can score goals at an NHL level. We haven't seen that from Noah Gregor yet, but I think, I think the comparison's apt for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a good comp. Um, and, and again, I think we're, we saw a lot of shots on goal from Gregor today. And, and I thought mm -hmm. that, you know, he was putting himself in a position to score. But again, if, if you're going to continue right. to get these um, opportunities and not be able to score, I think that that kind of starts. I, to I feel like we've said the same thing know. about Balsers all year too, though. Right. Yeah. Like this is the problem. Like, so it's not like I, and I'm not like super like, Oh, you know, Noah Gregor, let's, you know, send him to the ECHL and never see him again. I just wonder if, you know, maybe you bring another guy up and see if you can spark something, you know, maybe give a guy like John Leonard a shot or a Joachim Blickfeld. And again, I haven't watched enough Barracuda to say who for sure should be up. I just wonder if one of those guys, you know, maybe succeeds in that spot where where some of these guys aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think, again, it's how many how many of these these chances can you give to these players that you know, for all we know, could be quadruple A kind of players. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, and you're wanting to see more production from uh, the CUDA players at this point. Um, one guy that I was very, very pleasantly surprised to see um, play a very good game was Ryan Merkley, um, another guy that, uh, that again, was, was inserted kind of out of desperation, but now seems to be playing his way into a spot. And I thought he was breaking the puck out very, very efficiently tonight. I thought his skating was on full display. Um, I like the little bit of gusto and the confidence that he's playing with right now. 
Um, but Al, I mean, what are you seeing from Ryan Merkley that's kind of making his game work and, and could keep him up here? Uh, I mean, he does have a lot of great offense for his game. Um, I think his defense has improved from last year just a little bit. Um, but I think when it comes to inserting Ryan Merkley, you're essentially putting three offensive defensemen um, in your lineup. And that can be a burden right now. And we've seen it work, and I, but against good teams like the Rangers, who I think are probably one of probably top three, top four teams in the East in terms of talent-wise. Um, yeah, like good teams will eventually break down just offensive talent. Um, and I, I think Ryan Merkley does have that ability, but I think it's probably going to show more next year when the Sharks try to find a way to get rid of Simic and s- see what happens with, with, uh, I think I'll probably keep Middleton, but we'll see what happens with those, those two. Yeah. Um, and Ian, I mean, same question. I mean, what what are you seeing now in Ryan Merkley's game that has been able to sustain him up here versus the cup of coffee? It seems like he he was getting well once last year, but um, earlier on in this season. I think I think the thing that I like the most about Ryan Merkley's game is he's playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, being the style of defenseman he is, you know, being an offensive, more offensive minded defenseman, he's another guy who. You know, you're never going to mistake for a defensive stalwart. But I really like the the jam in his game because it would be really easy for Ryan Merkley to try and change his game to a more, you know, to try and be more defensive and get away from his game to try and impress the coaching staff and stay on the team. Right. But he's playing his game. And I think that's the thing that I like the most is that he's not trying to alter his game too much to hold down a spot. You know, he's going to play his game, and if his game doesn't work, then he's fine. He'll go back to the Barracuda again. But um, I like that he's playing his game. Uh, and honestly, like, for – I agree with that. Like, obviously, like, three offensive defensemen with the defensive defensemen that we have probably is going to get you in problems more often than not. But I don't know. I mean, the guys that are coughing up the puck aren't the rookies. Yeah, that's that's a bigger issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess, are, are we seeing more of a similar type of coaching style as to what we saw with Peter DeBoer, right? Where you, you've got this short leash with the rookies and, you know, when they start to falter a little bit, you know, they, they kind of get the rug pulled out from underneath them. I think um, that's every NHL coach. Like, yeah, yeah. that's every okay. NHL coach. Let's be honest. I think there's more also leeway because, like, again, we just talked about Noah Gregor. Like, he's been getting plenty of reps. And I think he will eventually become more consistent. Um, and I think, you know, the Sharks organization from the front office has kind of realized that this is not like a top five team, a Stanley Cup team. Yeah. This is very much a middle in the pack team, 500 team for most of the year. So I think if you keep your expectations low, I think they're doing that right. Yeah. Well, the the uh, the Sharks would end that period down one nothing. But uh, going into the second period, I thought that they came out with a lot of snarl, and I thought that we saw a lot of uh, of just kind of like that that piss and vinegar game that we like to see, especially from Timo and especially from Vl. Um, Vl taking the mitts with Truba after Timo going and and really just being aggressive and and um, you know kind of staking out his own piece of the ice and not letting Truba push him around. 
Um, but man, Vial held himself very well. He's, he gives up at least three or four inches to um, to Truba, and I thought that that was going to be a, a turning point in the game because it sure felt like the team responded after that. But I guess. Al, what's what's your opinion on what Vial is bringing to the team, and and what are you seeing when he kind of brings the team in from a physical standpoint? How it affects their game? I mean, he is a third or fourth liner, um, but from that standpoint, he's been doing a lot of great things just in terms of offensive consistency. Um, and I really like didn't really expect him to get into a fight with Jonathan Tuba, like like or Jacob Tuba, excuse me, um, but like. Man, just be that consistent third or fourth line player and work your way up. Um, he's definitely had, I think he's earned his spot for maybe the rest of the year going forward. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Sharks do at the trade deadline. But um, I think Veal is a person you can definitely pl- plug in and play uh, without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ian, same question. I mean, what, what do you see from VL that, that has made his game, um, really adapt well to, to the NHL? I, I think he's like, he, he's, he's a serviceable guy, right? Like he doesn't have to be an every night guy, but he's got a lot of snarl. He's always had a lot of snarl in his game. He's always been a guy who's not going to you going back to his junior days. Like he would fight guys that were bigger than him all the time. Um, I, I think the only real issue I have um, is when you double up guys like Vial with guys like Gadjevich. I, I, Rask is more of a pest than an enforcer, so I don't mind that combination. But yeah. like when you have Vial and Gadjevich in the lineup, like that's where I start getting annoyed because I feel like, look, Bob's going to dress one of these guys. It's going to happen. In my opinion, that guy, I would rather it be Vial over Gadjevich. And I think Rask, I've liked a lot of Rask's game, but um, I, I just, I don't know. Again, it's not, you know, I, I think Rask is a guy where if Vial goes down, then you bring him up. But like once the, the Sharks get healthy, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing less enforcer line. <laughs> so we got some, uh, we got some really good material coming in from the T. Teal Town USA account, and I think that that's AJ Mananit. Appreciate it, AJ. Um, so the the first one coming up is uh, okay. Timo has brought okay brought in and has gotten success. It's nice to see. Uh, Timo has bought in. Okay, bought in has gotten success. It's nice to see. He's put a lot of work in uh, per Bob Bugner. Uh, the next one, we've asked Hill to give us a chance to win every night, and I think he's done that. Poised, calm. We need to get some offense mm-hmm. for him. Um, and we also got um, kind of Laurel backing that up too. Uh, San Jose Sharks, Aiden Hill finishes the season with a, nine, a 947 save percentage in two games against the Rangers, but has two losses to show for it. SJ shut out in both games. And uh, no messages being sent, and situations dictate time on ice. Bugner on Vlasic playing less than 12 minutes during the last two games. Uh, we also got, uh, I felt good tonight. Bugner was good with my usage from Benino. Um, and uh, let's go with the last one here from Benino. I think we deserved a little bit better as a team tonight. Chesterkin is really good, shut twice this year uh we had some great a looks but he never caught out he was never caught out of position um yeah, yeah i mean the goaltending i think has been the story between both games i think both 
New York goaltenders have played very well. Um, but I also think that the Sharks, somebody else brought that up in the chat too, and I think it was William, so appreciate it, uh, William, for the comments here. Do you guys feel this is uh, kind of uh, a reaction, a reactionary take, or or do we, we think that, you know, this team is easily frustrated and it seems like every iteration of the team seems to get frustrated when it's not able to to score and I don't know if that's maybe just a universal hockey thing but um yeah they did seem a little they did seem a little pissy in that second period what's your thoughts Al oh go ahead Ian I was gonna say I mean they got I, I I thought the Rangers kind of started taking a few liberties with the Sharks in the second period which is always gonna get people riled up I don't know if it was just like I mean, this, this 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 Rangers team is really good. Yeah. And I don't think, based on previous Rangers team, I don't think people realize how good this Rangers team is. This isn't last year's Rangers or the years before. This isn't, you know, racking, you know, sucking up all the lottery balls Rangers. This Rangers team's really good this year. Um, I so I think I think that is frustrating when you can't get things going and you can't get shots through to Shishterkin and the ones that you do get through he stops like yeah I'm sure there's definitely uh, an element of emotion there but uh, I don't know I didn't think that the I don't think they the Sharks deviated from their game tonight they just got beat by a better team yeah Yeah, for me like the biggest issue is they just haven't been consistent enough like even against Detroit last game it was 2-1 Detroit because Aiden Hill let in a softy and like you know even I have to imagine that, like, even though you've carried most of the first and I would say, if you want to agree with me, the second period, because of just the amount of effort, um, like the effort was there and they weren't getting the results. And, you know, we haven't seen them go on long stretches since the opening of the first five or six games of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a while since, you know, a lot of things have happened because of COVID, yada, yada, yada. But like, again... No, I think yeah. I think the I think what you're getting at, Al, is that the the effort hasn't. I mean, yes, it has ebbed and flowed, and it does ebb and flow through a season. But there hasn't been prolonged stretches where we can say this team is not putting in the effort. But I think what we can say though is that it has been inconsistent on execution, and I think execution, and that also might be partly uh, due to a. A, a lack of talent you know you're again you're missing out of a roster that's supposed to have a seven million dollar player on it you know you're missing that player and it looks like a team that's missing that player and and still hasn't been uh addressed and and i don't know that it will be because i don't know that this iteration um you know what where it's at yet and yeah i think it's a little frustrating because again you're setting yourself up to 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 win a lot of these games you held the the Rangers to basically one nothing through um, you know through two periods, and you take that against this kind of New York Rangers team. But I think the really the the game just flat out changed once that third goal or excuse me that second goal was scored by uh, the New York Rangers in the third period, and, and um, Brendan Schneider with his first goal, Strom and, and Cheadle with the assists, and it comes a minute and 27 seconds in. And I know that we always talk about the first two minutes of a period and the last two minutes of a period being backbreakers. 
Ian, did you see any kind of letdown or or in my case, I almost saw something else. I saw them push the gas a little bit more at that point. What what did you see? Yeah, no, I I think like again, I thought this game was incredibly entertaining for how low scoring it was. And I want to address something in the chat too, because I think as much as I didn't like that the first guild that Aiden Hill let in, he played a good game. He gave them a, like he gave, he kept them in it. He gave them a chance to win this game. And I think he's done respectable in in net in relief of James Reimer, who obviously can't play. I think Aiden Hill's been, he's played fine. Um, You know, there's, there's specific goals where you probably think that he'd probably want it back, but overall I think he's been fine. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want people in the chat to feel like we're being overly critical of Hill here because I don't think that's the case. I think he's given them a chance to win hockey games. He's Um, been better since Reimer uh, went, not, he didn't go down, but since he stepped into that role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, tonight, again, if he had gotten some run support a little bit earlier, I think that the the complexion of the game would be different. And I also think that, um, you know, it, it, it at the end of the night, it was a 2 nothing game in a manned goal. You know what I mean? You, you, you kept them to two, and for the most part, that's what you're asking for your goaltender. Keep it under two. And, yeah. and so I think, you know, he, he did put them in a position to win, um, it was unfortunate that the goal that he let in was a softy, but, but those, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so I don't think we can take away that it was a goaltending thing. I think we can take away that when the sharks lack execution, there is ba- little, little margin of error for their game. I, I think that that goes to show this game in particular goes to show that, they play one certain way or, or a particular set of style. They can maybe adjust on the edges of that. But if they, you know, meet a team that that mojo is able to, you know, override them, I, I think that there's not enough there for them to adapt to. And I think we see that in the lack of execution or or the lack of of, um, of scoring. And, I think um, it's a lack of preparation to a point too, because I think if okay. you, if you've watched the Rangers any other time this season, their counterpunch they've dined out on their counterpunch all year. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Al. I mean, what are you seeing? Are you seeing it being a a structure thing with the Sharks not being able to adjust, or or do you just see it as hey, you know what this this New York Rangers team is a juggernaut right now? I mean, it's both. I mean, the the Rangers are a really good team, and I assume they're going to make it into the first or second round this year. Um, but in terms of just the pure talent, um, we knew going in that the Sharks' forward depth was an issue, and their scoring was going to be an issue, and that was before uh, Kane um, had his saga and all that. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I think... They've gotten more production, I have, at least in my opinion. I think they got more production either third and fourth lines than they've ever had. Um, um, but, like, you've had Couture, who I think has been really hit and miss this season. Uh, Hurdle, who's actually done really well, and I'm surprised he didn't get an all-star nod. We will um, get to that. But, like, when you're big th- – when, when it's really just been your big two um, and your 11.5 defenseman hasn't really been – carrying his load um it shows on ice and uh i think burns has been great but like the other issue is just 
the four depth and the amount of scoring you're going to get from that is going to put a serious stress on your goaltending, which has been really good compared to last year. Um, last year, everything was a train wreck. Yeah, I don't know. See, I disagree a little bit there. I think I think if defensively, I think offensively, I think both defensemen have been fine. Burns and Carlson have both put up a decent number of points this year, um, considering a forward group that can't finish. Yes. Um, I feel like defensively, though, like I've been more concerned about Burns game defensively than I have about Eric Carlson this year. No, I I think it's been fine with Burns. I know there's been the he still does the starfish uh, pose a lot. Like um, when you watch the Detroit game last night where he was just like, you know, being offensively creative. Um, I think his offensive abilities still balance out his defense woes a lot more than uh, he's, I think he's been way more consistent compared to Eric Carlson. So that's just been my my thinking on him. And it's been a long time since, you know, Ferraro has been with Burns. So it's, um, you know, when those two are together, it kind of solidifies the rest of the D pairs. Yeah, I mean, I think Ferraro and Burns being, you know, the, the established number one pair kind of sets up everybody else, right? But... I, I think I know what Ian is saying. It seems like Burns is taking more risks now than he has before in order. He's almost like he's cheating a little bit more for offense because we are seeing a lot more two-on-ones when he's on the ice, and, and I think that that's an, an apt point. But I think that we also have to say, well, you know, with prior to this game, the prior two games, he had six assists in two games. So Burns giveth, Burns taketh away, as uh, mm-hmm. as Chris JWS always used to like to say. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and you know, again, it's going to ebb and flow, and, and I think that Burns has kind of always been a special animal in his own zone, um, and uh, – I don't know it maybe like a a sloth or something I don't know I don't know what what you would want to call him in his own zone but it's definitely not pretty and um you know to, to your guys's point before about the goaltending uh, right now the I mean, points wise just like the difference between points between the two though is is 26 to 22 with Brent in favor of Brent Burns but Brent Burns has also played eight more games so I feel like defensively like they're pretty similar yeah and um AJ, I think what Al was trying to say was it's been a long time since that pair had been established. They've been playing a long time, especially yeah. this this season. So I think that was yeah, just a, a misspeak. But back to the goaltending, uh, 916 for Reimer on the year, save percentage, and 905 for Hill. Um, 2.77 goals against for Hill and 2.68 for James Reimer. So I think at this point last season, um, Jones had already well been under uh, 900. And um, I think in general, the goaltending has kept them in a lot more games. But that being said, the team needs to score for them and they get a, uh, a late power play uh, in that third period. They look they looked pretty dangerous on it. But once they pulled the goaltender with that sixth uh, six forward on the ice, I thought it started to lose a little bit of urgency again. It's not, it, it looked like people were kind of standing still. Um, and, and I'm not sure what that is exactly. But, I mean, Al, what did, what did you see from the, the extra man attack? And, and just, again, we didn't see the execution on the power play. I mean, it's six on four, which means like you don't have a lot of space on the ice. So eventually you're going to have a puck that just falls right in the lap for the Rangers. 
Um, that's kind of like the biggest liability of us of pulling the goalie. Um, and like in terms of urgency, you're still down too. So you're going to have to score right there, get the puck and then get one real fast. I think they kind of knew it wasn't their night, at, you know, five minutes to the closing bell, but um, yeah. Uh, Ian, I mean, same thing. I mean, did you did you see any kind of let down because of the score and because of just you know Shosturkin like Wall? Um, I mean, I thought the the Rangers power play is. I thought their their penalty kill story was really good. They they they're really good again at counter punching on on the kill, which sometimes the best defense is a good offense, and, I, and they do a really good job of of punching back and heading, taking pucks the other way when they're shorthanded. Um, this is also the third best penalty kill in the league. So it's not, you know, I don't think uh, <laughs> what happened tonight was by accident. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think again, though, we, we're, we're highlighting special teams and, you know the sharks are not only going over on the power play but they're actually a negative you know they're they're a minus one on the power play and mm-hmm. and it's just they're you just want a power play that will come through in the clutch you know maybe maybe it's not humming on at like 25% but if you're if you're at a consistent 20 you know, nineteen percent or whatever, but it's clutch and it's able to to provide um, in those critical moment types, uh, you know, uh, types of times in a game. Uh, that's to me the hallmark of a good power play. And right now we're seeing neither. We're seeing it. Yeah, I mean, and also, but they have they have made like it's not like they're not trying different things. Yeah, and different things obviously are gonna have hiccups along the way, right? Like yeah. adding Ryan Merkley to the to the power play. Like, I think that's a great move and they should have done it sooner, but it's, you know, that's going to have time to, for those units to kind of gel back together again, too. So it's, it's one of those things where it's nice when it's going and you don't have to mess with it, but when it's not going and you do have to mess with it, that sometimes is going to lead to its own, its own growing pains. Yeah. <laughs> Dana. Oh my goodness, that was a good one. Uh do the NHL rules allow you to decline a power play asking for a friend? <laughs> it's getting to that point. Oh, yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> well, the uh the Rangers would add an empty net goal uh on the uh, on the shark um, luckily it wasn't on the power play or in two shorties, but um yeah, they ended up getting the uh the empty net with Oh, I'm surprised they didn't pull Hill sooner. Honestly, night, yeah, 19 coming with 28 seconds left on the on the period. Uh, Chris Kreider is 23rd with Rooney getting the assist there. Um, but yeah, interesting call not to pull Reimer earlier, or excuse me, Aiden Hill. Sorry, slip of the tongue. Um, <laughs> uh, Hill maybe at, as the power play started, you know, and and they got a little bit more possession down in the zone. Um, Ian, I'm. I'm Guessing you're on similar wavelengths there, pulling the goalie with the full two minutes. I mean, I understand wanting to get possession and whatnot uh, to get in the zone, but I, like they had nothing to lose. Yeah, they had nothing yeah. to lose at that point. You're down by two. I mean, either you get a goal or you know you get a goal and you try to you know take a timeout and get another one quick, or you let one in. The game's over. Game was over anyway. So I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Al, pretty much same same feel for you. Yeah, I mean they 
they tried their best, but like, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, Vegas can only happen one or two times. So, um, yeah. 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 Well, the Sharks would uh, end up losing that to a final three nothing. Uh, shots on goal, thirty-seven shots on goal for the Sharks, uh, thirty-one shots for the Rangers. Face-off percentage was fifty-one percent in favor of the Sharks. Sharks go zero for two, but had that shorty uh, nine pims, eleven hits, eleven blocks. And nine giveaways for the Sharks. Uh, the Rangers on the other side of the stat line, 31 shots on goal, uh, 49% in the faceoff, 21 hits, 14 blocks. It seemed like it was more blocks than that. And uh, six giveaways. And uh, your three stars of the game tonight were Igor Shosturkin coming in number one, Adam Fox number two, and Mika Zabinajad coming in number three. And uh, I guess we won't bury the lead any longer because I think he, on a more happier news, Timo Meyer, uh, great all-star nod. Um, we kind of had the feeling it was going to be him or Hurdle. Um, but uh, interesting call, Ian. Um, what, what are you thinking there on the on the all-star nod and, and the lack of the the uh, the invitation to Hurdle? Um, I, it's a tough call. Uh, I think it's a it's a tough call. But if you look at Timo Myers leading the team in points. So, yeah. uh, I mean, to me, you're going to take a guy. Uh, Timo Meyer plus minus isn't a great stat, but Timo Myers plus 11. Yeah. Like, so on a team that's hemorrhaged goals, uh, to be that far in the the positives for, for plus minus, I'm sure reflected well. And look, I mean, 15, you know, 39 points. Great. Great season he's having so far. I think this, is, this has been a bounce-back season from compared to last year where he just wasn't consistent enough. Um, and I think Hurdle's been great too, but I think he's just been a little bit more sharper uh, throughout the regular season so far. Yeah, because Hurdle had that little bit of a dip right at the Christmas break um, yeah. you know, with the whole COVID thing and, and, and everything going on. So, um, you know, and well, and that being said, Meyer also had a COVID break too and really has yep. just lit lit fire to gasoline after he got back from the break and Timo Meyer is also the only shark that's uh, averaging more than a point a game and uh, leading the league in five on five points um, so you know Timo is having just a hell of a season um, you know so kind of feathering into that then with with both Timo and with Hurdle um, you know both having good seasons you know, now we're we're starting to get a few New York Ranger fans in the uh, in the chat, and we appreciate it, and we welcome you. But I guess let's talk about a little bit about the the hurdle to to New York rumors. We had um, Pierre LeBrun come out today uh, saying that there's uh, there's interest from the New York side on uh, Tomas Hurdle. Um, of course, LeBrun is thinking that the Sharks will make an attempt to sign. Um, he, he's still firmly in belief that that's you know, option a, um, but, uh, he would not be surprised if, if the New York Rangers come in swinging for a Tomas hurdle Ian, we've talked about Tomas and we've talked about how the New York Rangers seem to be a logical fit. Um, if he is not going to sign and re up here, mm-hmm. what do you think it's going to take to get uh, hurdle out of San Jose to New York? Uh, see, I don't know. I'd have to go look in the thing. Like, cause my, my opinion, like, and I've said this, you know, many times you're, you're giving a first and you're giving up, you're, you're giving an A plus prospect up. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like the Rangers are pretty flush with the, the, they've, I mean, look at the Rangers have had a tough go of it before this year. So they've definitely got a system full of guys that the Sharks would 
probably be interested. I don't have a specific guy off the top of my head that I would um, that I'd go. I'd have to do a little bit dig- digging deeper, and then you probably throw in another conditional pick based on if he's a rental or if he resigns, right? Or so, cup winner, right? Oh yeah, or you 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 could also do stuff like that too. Um, but I think. I like like I like the Rangers team this year and I like what they've done, but I, I still, you know, there's still a lot of I, there, there's a good mix of youth, but there's still youth on this team. Right. And you wonder if they're going to need to get their nose bloody a little bit first before they before they're like a Stanley Cup contender. I don't I don't put them in that tier yet, although you add hurdle to that team. And I, I think that would change my mind. Um, like, yeah, 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 I like I, so I, I like the way the Rangers look, I think. But yeah, it's it's you know Hurdle's not going to come cheap, so I think there's definitely it's it's a it's a first, it's an A plus prospect. It's probably you know another conditional pick that could go up to a first. Yeah, um, yeah, you're definitely looking for something like that. But where I kind of stand on Hurdle is you definitely resign him if it's still in the eight million to nine million range. If he asks way more for that, then it's time to just let him walk. Um, you can't. The Sharks are in no form of like letting in or signing another player at 10 million. Like just, that's just not possible right now. Um, Plus it would also and, upset yeah. the forward, you know, the, the forward dynamics, right? Cause if Logan is going to be the captain and, you know, earning the top salary or whatever, you know, there, there is that whole, um, I mean, I don't think that really plays into it. I think like Kachur signed his contract when he did, um, that was years ago at this point. Um, it's really just, you know, if, if that was the case, Carol Carlson should be uh, the captain, right? <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. Um, and, and Hockey Jerk chiming in. Thanks, Jerk. Uh, a first for uh, Vasily Kratsov and a conditional first. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. You do start with the um, with the first round pick and the conditional, um, and you, you kind of work from there. Now. Again, there have been a lot of rumors uh, and, and a lot of talk, and, and I think, as AJ had highlighted, just about everybody in the league would love a Tomas Hurdle. So the more... Po- oh, yeah, like Hurdle's going to be, like, there's plenty of teams are going to make calls on Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. I think the team to watch out for is the Avalanche, because this is their last two years to make a run at it. So if they really wanted to just go all in like Doug Wilson did with EK, that would be the team I would just keep an eye on to see if they if they actually do pull the trigger. Right, right. Um, and I think, you know, for me, I look at the this homestand and the next four games after, and it's, we've been talking ad nauseum about it and highlighting that this section is really where it's going to make or break the sharks. And I don't know. I think I'm still kind of on the fence because I still see that this team is, is uh, trying. And I think that this team is definitely um, hanging in the fight a lot longer than I thought they would, but is that enough? And I don't know. And I don't know the answer to that. And I don't even, you know, pretend to know what DW is thinking there. So I think it's really a fluid situation, like I had said before, um, and and I think that um, honestly, if you're going to get into the hurdle sweepstakes, it's going to start with a A plus prospect and a first round pick, and that 
that buys you into the table. And then I think the conversation, you know, kind of goes from there. And, um, you know, people, yeah. people who saying, you know, I, I know that, um, we had a couple of, uh, I think it was Eddie, um, in the chat was saying that, you know, oh, well, they, they would not trade their number one prospect. I don't know because, you know, a, a 1A type forward or a 1B type center is very hard to get, very hard to get during the trade deadline. Um, and a guy that is, you know, a rental, yes, but has interest in signing a long-term deal with whatever team he's going to end up with. Um, so I think that there is definitely, um, you know, I, I think that there's definitely a premium on him. And I, and I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility to get an organization's top flight prospect for Tomas Hurdle because you basically have a ready-made, you know, he can be thrust into a 1A, but more suited to be a 1B center. Yeah, like the biggest issue is that the Sharks right now is just they have most of their division games in March and April. Um, and after that, like, you know, after they get, they get through that stretch, um, sure, but like, or last three months are pretty much all division games. But, um, you know, like if they can't really do anything because they haven't really seen where they're going to be at. I mean, like right now, currently they're sitting at fourth place in the division, but like, I don't see them matching up well against Vegas. They, I don't see them matching up well against Anaheim. And, you know, Los Angeles has kind of surged back in the next last two weeks. Um, it's going to be tight because I'm kind of assuming Edmonton and Vancouver are going to pop back up. So um, I think our expectations heading into this season are pretty much going to pan out because of just how the talent is going to showcase for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ian... I want to make a correction here. Sorry, I want to make a correction here because it is true. Uh, it was in the chat, and I had to go look it up because I remember they did change a few things when they extended the CBA, and the conditional pick could be for how long, how far the Rangers make it in the playoffs, but it cannot be uh, contingent on re-signing, which is correct. It was a recent change that I have forgotten. All good. And yeah, I I, I think that. Again, it's going to be a king's ransom if he is going to to get traded out of San Jose. I I, I think we've kind of all felt that. Um, and and again, I think in the organization, if 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 we're reading the tea leaves and we've um, you know kind of understood where the headspace is of the org at some points, sometimes they make some really stupid decisions. But I think it's probably more apt that they're going to try and make a run to sign him than to trade him. I I, I just feel like that that's they're always been very loyal to their own. Um, and and Hurdle again is is a, a draftee. You know, again a lot of a lot of ties to the organization. But again, I think when you're getting dangled a king's ransom for somebody, I think anybody is tradable, right? I mean, Wayne Gretzky was traded, and that's all they say, right? Is that hey, look, if Wayne yeah. can get traded, anybody can get traded. So, yeah, I mean, it really depends on what the plan is, right? Like, if if I I don't know how if you trade Turtle, I mean, you're rebuilding, mm-hmm. right? Right, and that's and that's the reality of it. It's you, a retool, guys. It's a retool. You can't retool. <laughs> There's no retooling from that. Right. Yeah. Like if you're if you're losing hurdle, you're rebuilding. Um, and it's that's and that's the tricky part. Right. Because 
you don't want to end up in a situation like Detroit did, where it's just one more year, maybe just one more crack. <laughs> like, if you can't see that this team is not a one more crack team, then you're probably on crack. But <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> uh you only we only play pretend on this show um (laughs) well guys i think that that kind of wraps up where we're at with the rumors wrapping up uh you know timo's great season so far and the well-deserved nod for the all-star break uh and the all-star festivities being our representative uh we'll quickly go through the uh, rest of the games tonight uh flyers uh lose to the bruins three to two uh the lightning beat the canucks four to two uh you've got the blue jackets beating up on the hurricane six nothing and that's that's tough that's tough and especially for for the hurricanes they've been rolling uh the jets beat the red wings three nothing islanders beat the devils three to two the blues beat the kraken two to one the Sabres beat the Predators, the Red Hot Predators, actually. So, uh, interesting game out out for the Sabres, but four to one for the Sabres. Um, you've got uh, the Blackhawks beating the Canadians in overtime, and the Senators beating the Flames, doing the Sharks some favor, four uh, one. Kings unfortunately beat the Penguins six to two, and uh, the the Penguins will be the Sharks' next opponent on Saturday. And uh, it's going to be interesting because that was a team that steamrolled, completely steamrolled the Sharks in that first period. I mean, they just, that was shark fin soup we saw in in the first period of that game. And um, we'll see if the Sharks can come out with some, uh, you know, with some revenge vibes or whatever. But um, I'm not holding my breath. And uh, especially with Evgeny Malkin, you know, seemingly finding the fountain of youth, like it's it's scary. They're they're scary good. Um, so guys, I mean, what uh, what's your thoughts on the upcoming schedule and and just where the team is at and and what we can expect, you know, in these next couple of games on the homestand, Ian? Pain. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> I mean, Pain, you do have I the mean... Pittsburgh Penguins coming into town, which I think they've been top five team for the last two months um and they're getting malkin and crosby's showing his he's just getting back to normal um yeah that team never stops <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so pain you know pain, they, like it's it pain so what's next you have where are we we're in january we so have, right, we los, have angeles, the penguins. los, los angeles, angeles okay yeah Los Angeles, that that could that'll be a fun game. Seattle, we shouldn't have a problem with Seattle, but then it's Tampa, Washington, Florida, Carolina, pain. Yeah, there's a lot of pain there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pain, and and like I had said, if we could just get through at 500 and just kind of like just keep floating, you know, like not even like treading water, but just like skim along the surface <laughs> you know that yeah. i would be happy with 500 um yeah after seattle it's tampa bay washington florida carolina tampa bay new york islanders but then like that stretch is like almost season killing right there yeah yeah 
Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, gents, I think we're we're wrapping it up for the evening. I'm starting to yawn, so that must mean it's time to hit the hay. But Al, it was great to have you, and and great, um, you know, to get you on before your next adventure starts up. So we want to wish you uh, the best on the adventure, getting yourself set up. But uh, but we know you're ours, so you're you are coming back. <laughs> so let the people yeah. know what you're doing and uh, where they can find you. Yeah, like I said before, this is just a temporary hiatus. Moving into an empty apartment. I gotta get everything set up. But um, yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm always talking hockey. Always, I will probably talk more Atlanta stuff, knowing how things are in my area. But um, things are not gonna stop. I'm still gonna be a Sharks fan. I'm not gonna be a Thrashers fan anytime soon. Let's put. I don't. They're coming back anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been an absolute pleasure to work with you guys, and I will definitely be back pretty soon than you guys think. Okay, so we'll just call you like on long term IR. <laughs> Ian, I mean, if you want to take my contract off the books, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need some cap relief. <laughs> uh, Ian, uh, what are your final thoughts uh, and uh, where the people can find you? I think uh, final thoughts, um, all things considered, I thought this was actually a pretty entertaining game. Um, there's a lot worse ways to lose hockey games. Um, and this, as far as losses go, I'm not overly offended by it. Um, I think there's pain coming up though. I'm looking forward to that Kings game because <laughs> I, those are always good games, regardless of how good or bad the teams are. Those teams always, those games always seem to be good. So I'm really pumped for that game. Um, plus it's just nice to play, you know, like a, an actual division rival, an actual rival. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, somebody within we really the Pacific. Had that this year, um, I think we had what a game against the Ducks. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm I'm looking forward to pain and lots of it. <laughs> well, if you're looking for your uh, dose of uh, Sharks S and M. Here you are. <laughs> um, as far as where you can find me and, and what I'm up to, I'm on uh, all the social media garbage using my first name. That's Eric, E-R-I-K. Landy using my last name, L-A-N-D-I. And uh, final thoughts on this one. I, I kind of echo what Ian's saying. I think it was a, a hard-fought game, but I think some mental miscues and uh, some lack of execution kind of sunk them. And, uh, again, good effort, but, um, but yeah, yeah. need some need some polish. Uh, in case you missed us or you want to catch us again, check us out across all of the podcasting platforms, including Apple, the Google Play Store, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, on TealTownUSA.com. Check us out. We got some really cool stuff coming up. And, uh, and yeah, you can catch uh, all of our pretty faces uh, on uh on that uh on that good site <laughs> so gentlemen i appreciate it and uh have a great one and uh let's keep it real let's keep it teal let's keep it real teal thanks everybody and uh, have a great night